By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 Podcast, part of the Cannabis Life Experience, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Join us on this journey and adventure with the wonderful plant. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode 94, our number one of the Cannabis 101 podcast. My name is Dean Millard and on this show it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy and uh, we're going to feed you a bunch of information today. Hopefully you uh, enjoy it. Uh, some news, some business, and some fun as well. But we have to kick things off in our own unique way and that's by finding out just what's your groove? Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? Kinda grabs you by the boom boom, don't it? Pipe in a grape, long in a blitz. This is great. This is the bee's knees. So for anybody new, when I ask what's your groove, as you're listening to the show, if you're grooving with anything cannabis, I'd love to know. It might be a joint, a bong, an edible, a drink, just some nice uh, chill CBD, uh, you know, as, as you're going to find out later. Maybe it's some hemp that you could smoke. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, hit me up on Twitter at the cannabis 101 and let me know what you are grooving with. I have got uh, some Bow Valley OG uh, from Ogin. Uh, so I've rolled uh, kind of a bit of a halfer, uh, th- maybe a three-quarter uh, little J here, and I'm going to get my groove on. So this came from what's called salt. It was an ounce of uh, Bow Valley OG, which is a pretty big power sativa. Perfect for uh, the kind of the day I have. Help me get through it. So absolutely love this. Uh, Really good price at uh, Plant Life Jensen Lakes as well. Uh, Absolutely love it. So that's my groove. Here is what's coming down the hash pipe on this episode. David Wiley of the OZ, as usual, on This Week in Cannabis News. We're going to talk about some not-so-lazy stoners. The Aurora stock, unfortunately, continues to drop. The Canadian cannabis export market is really picking up. And sad news, as uh, the co-founder, co-founder of Cafe in Toronto has passed away. Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. will join me on the business of cannabis. We're going to discuss shelter, 
for the cannabis industry from the company Shelter. Shelter's going to be a bit of a theme in this segment. Luke, the uh, hemp farmer, sought shelter or was was given shelter by Malka one day, and we're going to talk about greenwashing and what it means to be green. Our cannabis character, our cannabis question, rather, is about uh, fictional characters. Our cannabis characters from the movie Extract and Weed Word of the Day is different names for weed. We will also tell you how you can get in on the uh, Weed Weekly as we go. But right now, let's get into it with the cannabis question. It's prize time. Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe in a grape, bong in a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. Okay, so the cannabis question, what fictional character, and this does not have to be just cannabis, but what fictional character would you want to smoke a joint with? Think about all the great shows. Think back to your childhood, maybe. That's what I'm going with. I want to hear your answers, though. Hit me up on Twitter at the Cannabis 101 on Facebook, the Cannabis 101 Podcast. You can get me on Instagram the same way, Cannabis 101 Podcast. Or you can participate through email. Send me a note, Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. If you would like to stay anonymous, just give me a heads up and you're still in the uh, in the prize draw. We've got some really cool PAX era engraved with the Cannabis 101 Podcast logo and a few other really cool things giving away all this month of May. Uh, of course, we're taking a break at the end of the month uh, for uh, for a little while. We will be doing a lot of stuff on Relevant, of course, uh, live audio chats with some of the same people that you get on this show and some new exciting things as well. So what fictional character would you want to smoke a joint with? That's what I want to know today. I'm going with Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Like, I just, just the whole 100-acre wood group. You know, nice couch lock indica for Tigger so he's not bouncing off the walls. Let Owl open up the uh, creative juices anymore. Uh, get some Bow Valley OG from Ogin for Eeyore. And then he won't be moping around. He'll be bouncing around and uh, hopefully happy. And, uh, you know, you just get some, I, I would say, some island honey glue for uh, Winnie the Pooh would probably work out. Um, and, you know, for Piglet, uh, just uh, whatever, whatever Piglet wants. Piglet always gets overlooked. So, But Eeyore would be the one that I would want to uh, get high. Fictional character, we're talking on the uh, Cannabis 101 podcast. What fictional character would you like to smoke a joint with? Big thanks to everybody involved in this show. David Wiley from the OZ, Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. Uh, so many great supporters. Chris Ionson joins us for Know Your Buds from Plant Life Cannabis in hour number two. Uh, everybody has been so helpful, and we are going to be on Relevant a lot more. Download the app now, R-E-L-E-V-N-T. 
Go to Weedopedia and join the Cannabis 101 podcast vibe, and you can join the live audio chats that we're going to be having, trying to gonna have it daily. We're going to try and do something every day on there as we can, but we always post messages, questions. Um, there, there's lots of things that uh, still need to be developed with the app, so uh, as they roll out, we'll have a lot of more exciting things to do. So if you love this show and you think you're going to miss it when we take our break, make sure you download that relevant app and uh, you can have a little fun with us on the Cannabis 101 Podcast Vibe. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. I'm about to bring in my good friend David Wiley from the OZ. Check out all the news on cannabis at www.okanaganz.com. Uh, they've got the uh, weekly newsletter that comes out on Friday. Pretty good podcast as well as I bring in uh, David O'Wiley. How are you, sir? Is the sun shining? It is. It's beautiful. Boy, we got a heck of a rainstorm last night. Uh, so hopefully those showers will bring the flowers, as they say. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we, we're getting rain right now and expected to uh, turn into snow uh, over the next little while in northeast Alberta anyway. I'm not sure how much of it will uh, land where I am, uh, but uh, anytime you hear, well, you know, we shouldn't be surprised. May long weekend has not happened yet, and tra- traditionally I've been camping May long, opened up the tent to uh, snow, so... Not fun. You know what? The good thing about those times that, that when I was camping and there was snow, as I was using cannabis, so I, you know, I wouldn't have just went back to bed. I would have actually gotten up, shoveled the snow away from my tent because I am not a lazy stoner. And finally, David, there's a little bit of proof and some science as there's a, a new study that has come out that is trying to dispel or is revealing to, that they can dispel the lazy stoner stereotype. Ah, uh, the classic stereotype. Yep, put another nail in the coffin of that one. Got new research that's published in the Harm Reduction Journal. Uh, it's concluded that frequent cannabis users are more active overall than those who don't partake. Uh, these uh, findings, the authors say, do not support the mainstream perception of cannabis users living sedentary lifestyles. Um, who knew? Well, I did, actually, and I'm sure hmm. you did, too, and a lot of other listeners. Now this this research comes from uh, the University of British Columbia and the University of California. And their re- researchers there used responses to the 2005 to 2006 National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey. So it's a little bit of older information, uh, but this is a survey that actually uh, had something a little bit different than other research that's come to similar conclusions. Uh, more than 2,000 participants in this study had their activity levels measured by what's called accelerometers. And those are basically devices that gauge both the length and the intensity of physical activity. Previous studies just asked participants to uh, uh, basically fill out a survey or a form and keep track of their exercise. So this is something that they can actually um, turn to hard data to prove just how much exercise was done and just how intense it was. Uh, this study at that time also asked participants to divulge their cannabis use. So they had uh, both of those sides of information to help them come to this conclusion. Uh, researchers say that to their knowledge, this is actually the first study uh, to use objective accelerometry measures to actually assess the relationship between cannabis use and physical uh, activity and behavior in adults. 
what they did find, which uh, w was interesting, uh, at least to me, was that light and moderate cannabis users actually did differ from non-current users. So it was an increase that was found actually in frequent users. So I don't know why that is. Maybe it uh, helps to take away some of the aches and pains, or maybe it just gets people up and off the couch, moving for a nice long walk to uh, smoke a joint and uh, enjoy. Yeah, and, and you know, these sort of uh, studies and uh, this research and this data is, uh, you know, going to change people's minds, hopefully. And, and you know, already some campaigns have happened where they're trying to change the stereotype because, you know, as we've talked about a lot, uh, you know, when it comes to retail, uh, you should walk into a, a store or a dispensary and see every person of all walk in life because there's no one person, the uh, type of person that uses uh, cannabis. And, and there was actually a campaign where they, uh, I think they used, 17 photos of people of all races and walks of life on billboards and uh, the word stoner was crossed out and a description of the subject's job replacing it which is basically saying you know everybody from every walk of life is or could be a cannabis user not everybody obviously uses it but there's not just one type of cannabis user and the you know the active uh, cannabis user is one of those people I love that campaign. It's it's ingenious. And more and more, we're seeing those kinds of campaigns across Canada, especially, um, that are bucking up against that kind of stereotype. The study here, too, they mentioned something called the annual 420 Games, uh, which they cited as a really good example of a stereotype-defying event. And that features a 4.2-mile run in other athletic competitions. So that's pretty cool. I'd like to see some more of those in the future. Yeah, and they encourage uh, to show up already blazed uh, in, in some of those things. So uh, very, very cool uh, indeed. And, and like we said, we've been talking about this. Uh, you know, I've used, uh, I've used cannabis a, a long time, and I still try to be active. It enhances the experience in a lot of ways, and so this is not a surprise uh, to me. This next story, unfortunately, is also not a surprise, but uh, we're discussing once again that the uh, the the Aurora cannabis stock is sliding um, this time after uh, disappointing results, and and now we have Wall Street chiming in on on maybe the future and and what's going on with Aurora. Yeah, Aurora cannabis isn't doing well. You know, for those who hadn't heard, the cannabis producer reported a uh, nearly one hundred and sixty five million dollar net loss in its latest quarter. Uh, Aurora is based in Edmonton and now has announced plans to speed up um, its uh, its strategies to shed costs. And that includes staff and spending cuts. Of course, to this news, the company's stock dropped shark sharply. Uh, I don't know if you're aware, Dean, but at its peak, Aurora's stock was actually trading at over $150 a share. And today, it's amazing to look at, especially now today, it's trading at about eight fifty dollars uh, a share. So, you know, not uh, not even close to the value it was. And yeah, Wall Street's uh, pretty unhappy. MKM Partners analyst Bill Kirk maybe made the most interesting comments. Um, you know, he spoke to Barron's and called Aurora's uh, results a very concerning. He said that with limited success in Canada, Aurora has no right to win outside its home market. And uh, further than that, uh, he made comments that I don't personally agree with, um, but it just goes to show 
what kind of impact that these results can have on the reputation of other cannabis companies. Kirk said that he doesn't think Canadian grown products can even compete internationally, and nor does he think or expect that a Canadian LP uh, is going to be a leader in the U.S. So those are uh, those are some pretty strong words. Yeah, I I certainly don't agree uh, with the, the the latter statement there. I think uh, you know Canadian cannabis has been known around the world as some of the best cannabis uh, in the world. So um, just because it's now legal shouldn't mean and you know and and I, I don't know if 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 that person has a, a great knowledge about the uh, the legacy market in in Canada, but uh, Canadian cannabis is going to be well known and some of the best around the world. The one thing I do agree with uh, the statement that he made, uh, and I think I actually have it on the. Uh, uh, the the graphic here uh, where he says we don't see a cost cutting or growth path that gets to a near term positive uh, and and that's what you know like there there's only so much more that like they've already cut so much and you know I've 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 had some different product and uh, you know like a lot of other people it hasn't been great and and not all of it uh, you know there is some uh, product that is produced by Aurora that that I do like you know uh, but there is a lot of the stuff that I've stopped buying uh, and a lot of people obviously have too uh, they've cut back so much um, you know I I, I just I. I honestly worry about the uh, you know the the near term future of this company i just don't know how much more cutting can be ha- can happen uh, the the future of aurora is definitely uncertain there was some speculation that the company is going to be um, perhaps an a- attractive target for some kind of takeover or acquisition mm-hmm. uh, that's interesting and you know uh, look you can't judge an entire industry based on one company so the idea that uh that because aurora's earnings are not meeting wall street's expectations that all of the canadian cannabis industry isn't going to be able to be a leader in some form in the u.s is asinine yeah that that's judging the entire industry on one of the worst producers that's like me saying i'm going to judge pepsi on pepsi clear or i'm going to judge coke on new coke (laughs) Like one of the worst decisions. So, so he's basing the industry on one of the most underproducing companies is like basing Coke's entire portfolio on new Coke. Like how bad that was. Like it's just, it's just a, such a terrible exaggeration. But th- there are merits to, to what's happening with Aurora. I, I, I do agree on that standpoint. Yeah, or uh, like like basing your thoughts on chicken wings based off the ones you picked up at one a.m. at Seven Eleven. I mean, come That's on, right. you, you just you can't you can't make those judgments. <laughs> yeah, uh, although the uh, the the Seven Eleven, there's one Seven Eleven in in my city, Saint Albert. That's right beside Brightleaf <laughs> Cannabis, and Brightleaf Cannabis is open till two a.m. One of the only places I've seen open till two a.m. Uh, because of the uh, the uh, the restrictions in in my city are a little bit different than Edmonton. So I can get those chicken wings, get a pre roll walk home safely and uh, <laughs> and it's all good but you're right i wouldn't be uh, basing everything uh, on those chicken wings okay this is kind of interesting and and it's interesting how how that gentleman talked about you know canada canadian cannabis maybe not being a leader worldwide this next story is going to show us just how far canadian cannabis is actually going right now yeah we can we can fight a little bit of opinion with some fact 
And uh, that fact is that there's been a huge increase in Canadian cannabis exports in 2020. Uh, that comes from uh, new data that was released to a cannabis data company called Atalis. And the stats come from Statistics Canada. Uh, this information reveals for the first time, they say, in-depth details of cannabis produced and exported from Canada. And it shows that producers here exported 15.6 tons of dried cannabis flour and at least 7.3 kiloliters of cannabis oils and extracts during 2020. So that's up from 3.4 tons of flour and 5.7 kiloliters of cannabis oils and extracts. Now, in the grand scheme of things, that's not a ton. Uh, it's got a worth about $53 million, according to, uh, to customs information. Uh, but the world is not quite ready, as we know, for cannabis on the whole. Um, what it does mean is that right now, Canada is likely the single largest exporter of flour and oil in the world uh, ahead of the Netherlands. And their exports actually shrank slightly in 2020 compared to 2019. So what does this show? It shows uh, Canada's place in the world, and it's an important right now, uh, an important one right now when it comes to cannabis. So who's buying? Uh, you've got Israel, which is currently the largest importer of medical cannabis flour from Canada, and uh, also Australia, which remains uh, the primary importer of medical cannabis oil. That's following closely behind the import market in Germany, which is the largest European medical cannabis market. Uh, Something else that I found quite interesting about this uh, about this report was that on the other side of the coin, virtually no cannabis was imported to Canada during 2020, according to that Health Canada data, uh, which which prohibition partners produced this information says shows that Canada's policy on cannabis trade is protectionist and uh, seeks to incubate domestic businesses from the international market while still allowing for exports. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that starts to shake down globally um, when we start to look at trade policies um, on the larger scale. You know, it's it's interesting to see um, the, the, uh, the, the German aspect of this. Germany imported 95% of Canada's exported cannabis flour in uh, 2019 for uh, their medical side. That was up 36% in 2020. Uh, that was in 2019 and up 36% in 2020. Uh, but Israel imported uh, 10 tons of flour in 2020, uh, 60%, 63% of sales by weight. Uh, Israel is, is you know, for, for people that don't know, it is like a cannabis mecca for research. Yeah, Interestingly enough, actually, um, Israel just released one of its uh, its devices to the Canadian medical market, and it's a uh, an interesting little device. If you saw a picture of it, that uh, allows people to very very accurately dose their uh, cannabinoid levels. And also, I don't know if you know this, but uh, the the leading researcher on THC and CBD actually is is uh, is an Israeli Israeli scientist. So there's a lot of stuff happening out there, uh, and they really are a world leader when it comes to the science of cannabis. Yeah, it is so interesting. All right, the uh, final story uh, we're going to end with is uh, is a sad one because it unfortunately involves a person losing uh, their life. Uh, we're talking about uh, one of the co-founders of uh, the Cafe Spots in Toronto, and these were huge pre-legalization 
and and where people would come and get their cannabis. Some of it was uh, recreational. Some of it was uh, would get their medical cannabis. Uh, but uh, John Galvano is one of the co-founders. Uh, he passed away, and he was a very well-known person in the cannabis space pre-legalization. And post-legalization, a controversial figure in cannabis. Right. Um, as you said, yep, co- co-founder of uh, Toronto's cafe chain of unlicensed cannabis stores, died in Mexico on May 12th. Uh, his obituary online says that he died peacefully in his sleep. You know, Cafe made headlines for its really stubborn defiance in the face of shutdowns. Um, eventually, officials had stacked concrete slabs out in front of the doors to keep people out. You probably saw some of the pictures that went viral uh, when that happened. Now, Global Affairs Canada told CBC, which first reported uh, about the death, that they're aware that a Canadian had died in Mexico and had been providing help to the family. Uh, they were seeking more information from local authorities. It seemed like there wasn't much information at the time uh, that CBC had broke the story. Uh, now, according to the obit, uh, said that John enjoyed living his life to the fullest, and he did just that. Uh, he was proud to help and give to others. I love being at home, surrounded by his family, enjoyed friends, vacationing, um, you know, and, and living the dream, which according to his uh, social media, he definitely did. Uh, you know, the uh, cafe, which is short for coffee and fine edibles, definitely brought in a decent amount of money. He was a bit of a high roller, according to uh, some of the pictures that he'd posted. And, you know, at, at cafes, peak customers really had lined up outside of the doors on weekends. And uh, interesting little way of operation, you know, cafe sold beverages and pastries out front, um, but in the back or upstairs, they sold cannabis. And it it just goes back to a time pre-legalization that a lot of us are familiar with, where, uh, you know, these kinds of businesses were uh, really important in setting the, um, you know, setting the tone and getting, uh, getting cannabis legalized and normalized. Um, It's, it's, We've used the plant for hundreds and hundreds of years, and uh, for a long time, the only way to get it was by breaking the law. And uh, and you know, a, a lot of these cannabis OGs, um, you know, certainly certainly want to give some due for uh, how they forwarded, you know, the industry and how they advocated for cannabis. Yeah, they helped a lot of people get. Uh, you know, for a lot of people, it was uh, medicine when the medicinal system is is hard to navigate so uh, he certainly was a a trailblazer for sure uh, you can find out all the news that is uh, fit for an ounce maybe at okanaganz.com uh, the weekly newsletter so much to check out there and that beautiful shot as well david as always thank you so much we've got one more episode before we take a bit of a break from this format but we'll be diving on relevant and having some fun chats on there. So people, make sure you download the relevant app so you can keep up with David and I. But one more week to go. Thanks as always, David. Thank you.
beautiful stuff uh, from the artist Sorry About Your Dog. That's the weed song. You'll hear the marijuana song as we close out the show. And I want to let you know that if there is a cannabis and hemp expo, we will be there. Uh, This has been postponed several times, unfortunately, and we all know why. Uh, Everybody is hoping to get back to normal uh, with the amount of vaccines that are happening and hopefully the caseloads start going down and we don't have another wave. Whenever this happens, even if we're not doing a regular show, we're still going to be there. We still want to meet with you. We still want to broadcast some special episodes. You can find out more information at CannabisHempExpo.com. That's www.CannabisHempExpo.com. You got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for Cannabis Characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey, I am your stoner. <laughs> and beyond. Maybe care with that, man. Uh, is it heavy stuff, man? <laughs> All right, our cannabis character this week is uh, Jason Bateman. Um, and listen, if Jason Bateman gets high in Ozark, I don't want to know about it yet because I've only uh, I'm only past season one on Ozark, uh, so no spoilers in any kind of uh, <laughs> uh, anything you reach out on social media with. But Jason Bateman as Joel Reynolds. In the movie Extract, uh, you also have uh, Ben Affleck. It's a crazy plot that I won't get into, but the scene we're going to listen to in the, and take some pictures of is where Bateman, who is not a pot smoker, takes a uh, huge haul off of a bong. So this is Jason Bateman as Joel Reynolds getting high in Extract. Dude, the Atlanteans gave mankind the secret 10,000 years ago to drugs that don't give you a hangover, man. You know what I mean? People are just now starting to use that shit. Embrace it. I said we're gonna solve modern problems, huh? Wisdom of the ancients. Oh, no, I'm really kind of a lightweight. If you got a beer or some, even some wine, it's not really my thing. Bullshit. Come on, Joel, man. He thinks he gets paranoid. I do get paranoid. Okay. Now, when I tell you to let go, I want you to let go and inhale hard. Okay, exhale. Go! Inhale! Go! Go! Harder! Let go! Inhale! Reminds me of my buddy Jeff when he hit one of my pipes one time, and uh, you know sometimes if you haven't smoked out of a pipe, you you're you're used to inhaling something a bit stronger. Uh, he got a hard pull like uh, Jason Bateman as Joel Reynolds in the movie Extract as our cannabis character this week. <laughs> This is the Business of Cannabis, a joint venture between the Green Generation Co. and the Cannabis 101 podcast. Bringing you the latest bud, biz, buzz. 
Diving into the business of cannabis with Melka LaBelle from the Green Generation Company. Find out how Melka can help you at www.greengencompany.com as I uh, bring in my uh, good friend Melka LaBelle. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we talk about how beautiful it is outside. Uh, There's a tree outside that uh, is reminding me of the movie Poltergeist. It's just all over the place right now. It's about to snow up here. And and I guess I should not be surprised, Melka. This is Maylong weekend coming up, and many a time I have woken up from camping to snow on May long weekend. So snow this week shouldn't actually be much of a surprise for anybody that lives in Alberta, Saskatchewan or Manitoba, at least. Yeah. I mean, at least it's going to be moisture. I mean, they're talking about it. It's so dry in Saskatchewan. They already have fires there. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm happy that it's liquid or some form of it better. It's so windy right now. So wind, uh, potential fire and storms, uh, need to be okay. <laughs> Yeah, my dad, uh, my dad back in Brandon, Manitoba, every week, uh, you know, every couple of days, rather, I get the weekly update about uh, the the wildfires that are raging. And those can be really, really scary. So especially with the amount of wind that we're getting right now. So Mm -hmm. moisture is definitely good. And it greens everything up even more. So I'm okay with whatever moisture comes down, because I know it's going to be gone uh, very shortly. And you know what, if I if I need to, if I'm if I'm caught outside Melka, I can just go and find some shelter which is what yeah. cannabis the industry <laughs> needs and that's what we're going with on the lead is Good that segue. shelter and why <laughs> cannabis industry needs more of it so i could seek some shelter just like the cannabis industry does and that's exactly what i was thinking of uh when writing this section so that is i believe that shelter is what the cannabis industry needs more of because particularly craft cannabis um, it's very, it's very existence is being threatened and it's at a huge risk of uh, being lost to the wilds of profit uh, and, and public markets. And essentially the entire industry is at, at threat because of this. Um, I bring up the point, this is Kip, uh, Kip Rowe, who is the, um, um, I would say the pioneer in the Shelter Craft Collective, which is a Canadian cannabis uh, processor in BC, focused on quality and innovation. And they've come up with the concept of shelter being an umbrella of processor for individual craft growers. So we and you have talked to many of the people that have been uh, sheltered by shelter, uh, including uh, Earl Oliver when he was with Gnome Star, uh, Votus and Gnome Star was a craft brand under the shelter brand. Um, and then there's a bit many more Habitat and the Coho Salmon, uh, the Wildlife Cannabis Group that I talked about last week. So this is a brand that is figuring it out by honoring the amazing quality cannabis of different small batch craft growers, but doing it in a way that's very sustainable. Um, the reason why I talk about this is not just cannabis, but a lot of people are in seeking shelter these days. Unfortunately, we're hearing about active shooting in Vancouver metropolitan area, people running for shelter under, uh, you know, what's it called? Uh, um, luggage carousels. We're hearing about Israelis and Palestinians running for shelter um, so their houses don't get bombed around them. And looking for, you know, walls, masonry, something that's stronger than uh, than where they are to be protected from something that's incredibly threatening to their uh, livelihood. And so I use this analogy not as an extreme point of view, but as the actual situation that's going on in the cannabis industry is that this industry is under the threat of major things that are uh, beyond it. And there's groups like this and there's other ones that I'm working with that are trying to be an agent of change 
and really um, helping shelter the craft cannabis as a craft, as people that have been doing this for centuries or hundreds of decades in Canada are really at the risk of being obliterated by big wallets, bigger interests and public market um, best price weed that's not necessarily well grown. So this is what I'm fearful of is that we're facing this major uh, threat right now. And really part of my answer to this is something that I'm working on with the BC craft farmers and other craft growers. And that's the Make It Micro program. And this is essentially a way to catch all the craft growers before something happens to them um, um, and let them have an opportunity to grow their the way that they want to grow in different ways in the legal world. So we're looking at different modes of shelter, um, essentially, that can help these groups do what they love in the way that they want to grow, but also be able to capture some of the standards and quality and data around doing it that way in supporting their growing with some business uh, rigor and as well as some standards um, and really some best practices from other groups that have that have done it before. So that's my hope and my plan is to help with sheltering some of these growers with the Make It Micro program and protecting them from some of the elements um, that are outside. Well, and, and it is uh, very important. Um, the, the, you know, this, I tend to think that uh, some of the the craft micro growers, you know, depending on your, your uh, term, have really been um, keeping this industry going as far as the quality and stuff. You know, there's there's a lot of, you know, we, we talked in the, the news segment with David Wiley about the, uh, the, the Aurora stock that is sliding because, you know the the cannabis hasn't been good, and um, the other places that are making top quality smaller batch cannabis have kind of uh, you know they're they're kind of like the uh, the heroes right now at this point in uh, in the cannabis industry because they are producing great cannabis in small batches. So you know you're not going to find it everywhere, but it is. Uh, in my opinion, it's it's one of the best things about the industry right now as we kind of settle in towards year three. Yes, it is definitely the best thing about it. But what's happening is it's being the price compression. So that's what I talk about with public markets and that the whole concept is that the craft grow is amazingly good quality, but it's expensive to do it that way. It's very expensive to grow quality cannabis in small sure. batches, just like it's expensive to have craft beer. Like there's a premium price for growing in that way. And right now the externalities are forcing the price of those things to come down, which would make it unsustainable. So that's what I'm talking about. We're we're needing to build the shelter in before we get there. That yeah, it it's a it's a very good it's a very good point and uh it it's 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 like you said, we need that cannabis out there, but you can't just put your livelihood uh, at stake and everything you own into this and then take um, you know the 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 expenses. If you don't have it, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to sustain. And this whole industry is about sustainability. Whether you're a big company mm-hmm. or a small company, and just like the big companies, the small companies do have to look at the bottom line. We all want the best, and we want to say we're producing the best cannabis. But if we can't live off of what we're doing, what is mm-hmm. the point? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that is the global definition of sustainability, and not just environmentally. We're talking about moving forward. Like, can this continue in this way? We just haven't figured out yet. So we're hoping that this shelter mentality of bringing the craft collective 
craft cannabis growers under sort of someone that like a collective like shelter cannabis has done is a model that we can look at to move forward for that, those those best quality products. All right. And so uh, if people want a little bit more information, uh, we've got uh, www.makeitmicro.ca and they can uh, kind of check out the things that you have going on uh, right there. And, you know, kind of is it, is it open to anything specific? Is it, you know, anyone can check out the website. There's lots of info on the site and like like every button clicks to something else. So there's lots of things to check out and there's lots of, it's essentially just like a check it out and, and, you know, put in your information and someone will contact you and we'll essentially start the conversation with what the grower wants. And so we're focusing on the grower first here, uh, the craft farmer, as opposed to other sides. So that's the concept is that this is a place to start. If you would like to continue growing cannabis um, in the legal realm. Beautiful. All right, let's get on to uh, Changemaker now. And uh, I love it. We're going with Hemp Farmer Luke. So tell us about Hemp Farmer Luke. Yeah, so Luke, I met Luke. He is a hemp farmer. Uh, I met him at the Rocky Mountain Cannabis uh, Connection a couple summers ago, 2019. Actually, funny enough, we, we met under inclement weather conditions in the middle of the summer in Alberta. So it was a very, this this, this festival, outdoor festival, um, in a, like a farmer's field in uh, in Alberta in 2019 in the middle of the summer. Um, it was very rainy and very cold, and it was not good conditions for uh, camping, which is what most of the people that were on the farm doing, including uh, farmer Luke. He's, he was camping and also uh, showing off his uh, hemp products at this, like as a sort of a, a farmer's market concept that they had there. Um, I had been invited as a guest and got to sleep in a shelter funny enough uh, that was a cabin so it was an off-grid uh like no electricity but it was a full-on like looked like a ski chalet in the middle of a farmer's field that would have been handmade or hand built by the owners of this property and in it had a wood stove that we uh, had wood in it to burn to make it warm so it was freezing cold outside and raining and him and his um partner were like literally camping in the wet like like ground outside and here i was in this in this big you know place that I had all this extra rooms and there was there was another bed and all this stuff I'm like I invited them to come in to like shelter from the cold because it was freezing cold and they were sleeping in the water like in the rain so I'm like come in you know turn, let's turn on the heat the wood stove and so that's how we met and um have this has basically been in touch ever since and and they own a couple of uh farms around uh, Alberta and in BC as well they're starting one and make these really good products that are very much, the, I would say they're craft market style products. Like they make them themselves on their uh, facility in their own uh, farm, but they're really good. And I've, I've gotten them a few times and both from when I met him, they had a whole display there, um, but I've been continuously using them. So he sort of now does like these weekly deliveries of different stuff that they're doing and trying. And so this past week I got my delivery of my um, hemp hydrosol, which is a really amazing uh, digestive tonic. I love that stuff. It's like such a great cleansing thing. And it's made out of like um, toasted hemp that's been essentially distilled, kind of like an alcohol, but doesn't have any alcohol in it. And then they've got the amazing hemp coffee, which I would almost say it's like more like a hemp. It's more like a chai tea. Like if you add almond milk, it's, it's like a very, it's like a light coffee, but a really rich tea. Um, so it's a blend of hemp seeds, roasted hemp seeds and roasted coffee. And they use kicking horse coffee from Rebel Stove, which I also love. Um, and then the latest addition he added to the box this week was the smokable hemp flower. So this is, looks just like cannabis, uh, like you know, regular bud, but it's the flower from the hemp plant. 
and it's the smokable. So you roll it in, like my husband rolled it into my his joint, my joints for me, and it's pure CBD. And it is amazing. <laughs> I had never smoked hemp before. And I'm like, I am now only smoking hemp. It is that amazing. It is pure CBD with a full terpene profile and a full flavonoid profile. So it smells great. It smokes just like cannabis, but you just don't get the high. So it's incredibly functional. I can do lots of stuff and not be a mean asshole <laughs> when I'm doing it <laughs> because of that hemp uh, CBD. So I'm really enjoying that product. And um, yeah, so he brought me a couple samples and I'm, I did not know about this until he brought it and says, you should check it out. I'm like, yeah. So that's my amazing change maker for the week is uh, Luke the Hemp Farmer. That's so interesting. I it, I was always told hemp was like a harsh kind of smoke for, for, you know, I asked somebody if they ever smoked hemp and they said, oh yeah, it was just really, really harsh. Now I'm thinking they never actually smoked hemp because you're telling me it's actually just like smoking a regular joint just without the, uh, yeah, the THC. The harshness is equivalent to, like I would say, like a really dried out bud. So right. it's not that you can't smoke it. You just have to know what to do with it if it's like that. So we put a Bovita pack in there and it's there good. There you go. <laughs> you know, so that's all that it is. You know, so I'm like, we're kind of sore. like, we know what to do with dry wheat. Like, you don't waste it. So that's all it needed was it just needed a little bit of moisture. So and it came, he brought it in a jar. So that made it really easy. Just threw in the pack, the Bovita pack in there. Smokes beautifully. And he brought a couple different strains too. So he, there was one that he'd grown and another one, this Morningstar was what was in the jar. And he just said, like, Google it. I'm like, okay. So I Googled it. And sure enough, it is a very commonly grown uh, industrial hemp strain. So it's been bred for smoking. Mm. And that's what I mean is it's not just the red, like hemp can be grown for so many different reasons. And if it's, if the genetics are meant for this, in which case these ones are, it's incredibly good for that purpose. Indeed. Uh, I'm like you uh, and, and Luke. I keep everything in a, a mason jar. Whatever I buy from the store, I transfer it over, throw in some Bovita packs. If it's dry, uh, I have those raw stones that you throw it in for a few seconds. There's lots of different products out there yeah. that you can use. Um, and so uh, it's it's great. I, I'm like you. Uh, you know, it, dry, okay, I can, uh, you know, uh, bring it That's back to life. To fix. Yeah, exactly. You know, bad, bad trim job. Yeah, I can get around that. You know, it's still going to be good weed in, in my opinion. So that's that's yeah. awesome. Hats off to uh, Farmer Luke. Okay, uh, let's get to now on uh, what it means to be green. And you're kind of asking, is there a definition of being green this yeah. week? Yeah. So, and and again, getting back to my like, you know, what does it mean to be green? What does this all mean in the whole greater context of things? And and the answer is it actually does have a definition when it comes to advertising standards. So, um, and I found this out because I was, I came across this green pan company that sells pans that are green. And I'm like, what is this all about? And it's just another kind of nonstick ceramic, you know, coating on a pan that is kind of like Teflon, but they don't use any chemicals. And um, and then I'm like, okay, let me let me look into this a little bit. This looks a little fishy. First of all, because um, I don't do a lot of cooking, but my husband does. And he uses only stainless steel pads and nothing is sticking. So I just know that the kind of people that know how to cook don't have a problem with this. It's only people that you are used to using Teflon that would, you know, really have buy into the concept of this greener pan. But when looking into this, what I learned is that this particular company is actually was actually uh, on the end of a of a class action lawsuit against their claims for being green. So that's the part about this that was like, is there a definition? Yep, there's a legal definition of what it means to be green, and what it really means is the is the advertising pro and promotion 
um, intent. So there's a company called, or a, a watchdog called truthandadvertising.org. This is a U.S. organization, but they have, I guess I would say, chapters all over the world. And in uh, April 2021, so on Earth Day 2021, they, they published a list of all of the companies currently being accused of greenwashing. Now, we've talked about greenwashing before. Mm-hmm. So I'm bringing this back is that greenwashing is when you're advertising something and calling it green or calling it environmental or sustainable or blah, blah, blah. But essentially, it's using it as a marketing technique with baseless claims so that whatever you're saying is actually green is lying. You're effectively effectively lying for the purpose of making money, which is considered fraud in North America anyways, and goes to the advertising standards as well as legalities around making claims around products, which we understand is quite a big harm. And there's been quite a number of companies that have literally killed people as a result of these claims. And so this website listed those, and some of them are very familiar. Um, So Teflon is an example. Teflon by the DuPont company, uh, DuPont or Dow Chemicals and DuPont Chemicals, you know, they were the ones that were responsible for a lot of the the uh, crop harm. So they were, you know, creating chemicals that killed people by spraying them on people, not, and, and crops was harmful. There was a class action lawsuit against them a long time ago, but the results of that are still being felt. So Teflon is another com- another non-stick thing that has been found to be carcinogenic and made these claims about you know non-stick, but they're actually were quite harmful to people in on mass. And there was a bunch of other greenwashing class action lawsuits on this website, which were I was familiar with, including Dieselgate. So the Dieselgate one is my favorite because I studied that in my MBA like quite extensively. And the harms that happened um, both for Volkswagen and the company, which has not suffered very much harm in my opinion, <laughs> and um, what spun out from that. So what spun out from the, the Dieselgate thing is now was listed in this one page and this one co- website is essentially there are these devices that were falsifying the claim or the carbon emissions of vehicles. So every single company manufacturer of vehicles was listed as class action lawsuits against them for using this technology that Dieselgate has in, had invented and then sold to everybody. And this is what I mean is this greenwashing thing is a very big problem. And I'm going to be calling out greenwashing all day long because it's incredibly important that people recognize just because it says something, there is a definition that means that it's okay. And there is a definition where it's not okay. And in this case, there is a definition and just being called green has legal weight to it and just be doing a little bit more due diligence in what you're reading about around things that are calling themselves sustainable green or other. Yeah. And, and you, you know, you can throw in the word organic as uh, you know, something that people sometimes really very loosely throw around uh, as, you know, um, them or a certain product being organic. And, uh, you know, it, it's always important uh, that maybe we don't trust every label. If you're unsure about a company, if it's a brand, you know, if it's a company that you've trusted and you've used, then you, you know what you're getting. I, you know, my butcher, I know exactly where he gets his product from. I know he is uh, providing me with the exact stuff that I need. Uh, etc etc but if you run across somebody new that has these incredible claims doesn't hurt to do an extra five ten minutes a half an hour hour you know how much is your life worth as far as research yeah exactly there has been some massive harms because people just didn't know any better they trusted what it said on the label or what it said on the advertising and really we that's been a big problem for society so i'm just going to say that's what we're here to do is protect the concept of green and make sure that if it does say something, it's it's intending to mean what it says. 
Exactly. Uh, yeah, you don't have to question every label, but uh, definitely if it's something new uh, that you see in your life and you are, you know, maybe maybe spidey signals going up or something, uh, it never hurts to do a little bit of extra research. And if you want to check out how Melka can help you, browse to www.greengencompany.com. If you're heading camping, Melka, make sure you take a shovel in case the snow does fall this May long weekend. Have a great one. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast. It's all part of the cannabis life experience. Turning the wheel of cannabis. One toke at a time. As mentioned, uh, taking a break at the end of this month from the Cannabis 101 podcast, but we will be doing some stuff on Relevant. Download the app today, R-E-L-E-V-N-T. Check out Weedipedia and join the Cannabis 101 podcast vibe. There is uh, a really neat message board where you can drop in. We always try to drop in a question every day, so you can chime in with that, throw some pictures up there, some videos. Uh, we'll be having some live audio chats. So Malcolm LaBelle is going to join us on uh, Monday uh, at 2 o'clock Mountain Time uh, for uh, this sort of segment, uh, David Wiley. We're going to do uh, not specifically this week in cannabis news, but just to cannabis conversations with different people. Uh, Chris Ionson, uh, we plan to do some stuff with him for Know Your Buds. And as many guests and different conversations that can, I can have on there, uh, we'll try to give you as much notice as possible and try to keep it as regular as possible. But it's simple. Download the relevant app. Then join the Weedopedia and uh, the Cannabis 101 podcast vibe and keep up to date with what we have going on here. We are still going to be doing as much fun stuff as possible. And also check out Cannabis101podcast.ca. You can uh, subscribe to the Weed Weekly just by clicking on that green circle. So it's still a good way to follow and keep up to date what we're going on. Uh, we'll put things out as much as, uh, as, as regularly as we can, but uh, we will be uh, taking a break from this exact show. If there's anything that changes the information, will and can be found there. Bud, dope, flower, ganja, Mary Jane. We all have our own language when it comes to cannabis. Herb, John Lennon, plant, tie stick, salad. So let's explore another weed word of the day. Samuel L. Jackson, the hobbit's leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. All right, so weed word of the day. Uh, I try to bring you one slang term and one uh, sort of industry term. Uh, mota, literally translated as spec or moat. Uh, this word is Spanish slang that is meant to describe a small amount of cannabis. It's used uh, apparently in Latin America and many southern states in the U.S. Uh, where uh, Mexican immigrants have settled. And the term for weed is also lent to a heavy cannabis strain, ironically called motivation. Uh, and then you have cincimilla. Translates to without sin in Spanish. Uh, or, or sin it, uh, to, to sin in Spanish. And cincimella means no seeds, that it's the female version of the plant. 
so it's it's interesting. Sin uh, meaning no, and uh, Samilla is uh, the word for seeds. So it's basically just telling you that it's the female version of the plant. Of course, most people use for medical or recreational, although, as we heard in Melka, you can uh, get uh, some enjoyable CBD out of hemp, and the male plant with seeds is used to uh, to fertilize the meme- uh, female plant. So Cincimella, uh translates to without seeds in Spanish, and that's where the best part, in my opinion, of uh, the cannabis plant uh, comes from the, the the part that uh, you know helps me uh, with my um, you know certain health issues and also uh, helps uh, so many people enjoy this wonderful plant and that is weed words of the day. The cannabis life experience. It's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. Turning the wheel of cannabis, one toke at a time. All right, that's going to wrap things up for episode 94, hour number one. I hope you enjoyed it. If you're watching, thanks for doing so on our YouTube channel or streaming on social media. If you're listening, I appreciate that. Wherever you're watching, please subscribe. On YouTube, you just hit subscribe, click the bell, you'll get a notification. Wherever you listen, you can subscribe. It'll come right into your library. And please let us know what you think of the show. Leave us a review. It would be very, very appreciated. And if you want to keep up to date with what we have going on, you can subscribe to The Weed Weekly and get the latest on what's happening with the cannabis one-on-one podcast Uh, this comes into your inbox every friday and we have a giveaway just for subscribers so keep up to date with what's going on and uh, not sure how regular it will be throughout the summer but we will start to put out uh, some updates and some fun stuff like that hour number two on wednesday features Darren Krasak, the CEO of Nova Cannabis we're going to talk about uh, the uh, the new and uh, very very discounted value bud stores uh, that uh, have popped up everywhere and and obviously Darren's um, excellent, excellent past with the cannabis industry. You will learn a lot if you don't know who that is and for those in the industry, you probably already know who that is. Also, of course, Chris Ionson, you know him as well. He's our educator and regional manager with Plant Life Cannabis, former uh, Nova Cannabis on Jasper Ave. So he'll be by with Know Your Buds. It's going to be a fun one as well. Uh, We've got two great ones lined up for this week and next week as well. And past episodes can be found at cannabis101podcast.ca. As mentioned, you can subscribe uh, to the Weed Weekly, find past episodes, and so much more. If you're into other podcasts, check out podcastalley.ca. It's where I have uh, all of my sports shows as well as this show connected. All this show is a different website for age gating reasons, but you can catch up with uh, all of my current and past shows as well at podcastalley.ca. Thank you so much for listening and watching, everybody. Hour number two comes out tomorrow morning. Sorry for the delay on this show, but 4.20 a.m., hour number two will be out. We leave you with the marijuana song from the artist Sorry About Your Dog. And as always, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. Have a great May long weekend, everybody, and I hope it involves some cannabis.
name is Atu. I love to get black too.